What is up? What is going on? Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond, presented by our friends at Stimulus Athletic. Episode 76 in your feed, in your ears. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, please do. If you haven't left us a rating and review, uh, specifically on Apple Podcasts, but I did see, Don, it's actually an op- option on Spotify now. You can uh, leave yep. a rating. You have to like listen to an episode first, so they wanted to make it more legit. Um, but yeah, so I guess no matter where you listen to us now, as long as it's not like iHeartRadio or something weird, uh, <laughs> then go ahead and leave us that rating and review if you could. Um, a lot to get to on this week's episode. Dominic Jose Bazonio, my co-host as always. How you doing? I'm doing great. I uh, I have a bowl of lop that I'm going to eat once we're done with this, and I'm just... Oh man, waiting for that. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been a it's been a good week with some some interesting news the last couple of days. So excited to talk about it. Yeah, uh, don't don't get too excited about your lunch here, Dom. Focus, focus on what we're no, doing. I, here. Don't worry, don't worry. Okay, all right. I, I see you looking over. I see you. you well, my coffee's over there too. So ah, okay, okay. So a lot of distractions on Dom's end right now. Not yeah, fully yeah. focused on the podcast. I see how it is. Very important <laughs> episode, and here you are food and drink focus but i guess i can't i can't i can't blame you there um we're gonna jump right into it though we usually kick off with minnesota united news but um i think i'm really pleased to see a lot of other minnesota soccer happenings happening this week uh that will sort of take precedent this week i mean ten thousand pitches really we devote ourselves in covering more than just minnesota united but when 95 percent of the news is united related what are you going to do right uh where this week really i think allows us to focus in on I think what makes us unique and what makes us different as a podcast is that we kind of give time and attention to other other things other teams other leagues other happenings and that's that's happening in spades this week so let's kick it right off uh noon on Thursday a few things happen but the main thing or one of the main things is that we have a name now for Minnesota women's soccer and it is Minnesota Aurora FC I was not surprised this to me, you know, I was looking through the social media comments and some things like that. This really seemed to be the favorite among the three finalists among the community. Um, I have to imagine now I wasn't in the room. I wasn't, you know, counting the, you know, tabulating the votes, but um, I have to imagine this was a pretty, I wouldn't call it a landslide, but I have to imagine there might've been a difference between Minnesota Aurora and two finalists. But I mean, this is an insane badge an insane brand. Um, I heard somebody say it's already, already one of the best brands in American soccer. And I fully agree. This is really, really well done, really true to Minnesota, true to the North. Um, this overall kudos all around. And, um, although I wasn't, I was never a quote unquote hater of Minnesota Aurora. Um, there were definitely a few others who I was, you know, banging the, banging the table against. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it wasn't one of my first choices initially, but now that I see it and now that it's here, um, I think it's a perfect fit and I really like it. And I'm really stoked to go buy some merch as soon as we finish recording this podcast. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, some of, some of the options that we had originally kind of liked the most didn't end up making it to this part of the process, but once, um, to your point about kind of, uh, growing into, the Aurora name. I think once the badges and all that kind of came out and we had a more of an ability to visualize what was behind the, you know, just this text that we were saying, I, I think for a lot of people, including us, it, it really started to, um, we started to like that a lot more. And uh, yeah. 
you know, you, you see, I, I'm just looking at their Twitter page right now. Obviously, they have the badge on there. They have a little header that's kind of a slight redesign of, of the top portion of that badge. Like, you're already kind of seeing the the, the design direction of, behind the name, and it, it seems really promising. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the people that are saying very big statements about the quality of it are, are, are more right than wrong. I mean, it's, it's really good. And, you know, when you think about the fact that uh, a lot of, uh of the higher level women's amateur clubs out there do tend to have badges that are like grandfathered in from like academies and these sorts of things youth programs sometimes those badges are not amazing uh and so this this badge has a sort of professional quality to it um which is not surprising because they essentially went through a professional designing process uh about it so yeah it's it's a it's a great sign for what's to come with this whole like usl w league idea in terms of the quality of the of the brands and and really exciting for for minnesota the video was incredible Mm -hmm. um very well done marty i i was choking up a little bit while i was watching it and i might do it again here and so i apologize (laughs) um you know i have two daughters right two and five and the fact that like you know it's so much more impactful for them if i'm like watching a soccer game or something it's much more impactful for them I, i can already see it the the interest that they have in watching and consuming that when there are women on the field versus when there are men on the field it's it's a, it's a difference right representation yeah. i think we've we've long established representation matters so much whether it's whether it's race gender uh you know um sexual preferences uh ever identification whatever um like it, it, representation matters so much and you know knowing that you know my two daughters are going to grow up in minnesota getting to see a high level high high quality women's team that they can watch and they can um you know if they want to pursue soccer it, it gives them something more in their face in front of them to aspire toward right um yeah. really really cool and so the community focus of the video if you haven't watched the video it's up on their twitter feed it's probably still the pinned tweet if you're listening to this so go at Woso on Twitter. I'm sure it's across all their other social media too. It's a YouTube video as well. Um, so go check it out if you haven't. But it um, really drives home the community aspect, but I also think the representation aspect too uh, for girls aspiring, you know, uh, girls to maybe aspire to, more girls to aspire to play soccer uh, who are growing up in the state because they see that team, uh, you know, from Minnesota, playing in Minnesota uh, too. So very cool. I did mention uh, merch. And in addition to going to mnaurora.com, if you want to get merch, there are also five pop-up stores uh, where you can grab some Minnesota Aurora merch. Um, The National Sports Center in Blaine, the Welcome Center there at the NSC, there's a pop-up store. Um, Honey and Mackey's in Plymouth. Um, It's like a dessert place. Um, You can go there. Joy of the People, their new facility in Woodbury. Um, It's an old skating rink in Woodbury. Um, you can get one there. Ladonia service, uh, service, how do I, service area? Uh, well, Cerveza is beer. I forgot what the, yeah. Ladonia uh, service area. I believe I'm, I totally apologize if I'm, if I'm, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Service area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Perfect. Uh, Ladonia, uh, in Minneapolis, uh, is where you can go to, uh, get another, uh, you know, pop-up store and then the Blackheart in St. Paul as well. So five different pop-up stores. Um, if you want to go get yourself some Minnesota Aurora merch, or you can just buy it online, mnaurora.com is the uh, is the website. So really, really cool. And um, 
I'm sure now that we have the name and the brand out of the way, I mean, we're less than four months from this thing kicking off. Yeah. Um, I have to imagine player announcements, more details, like where they're going to, you know, what stadium they're going to play in, um, other details like that. When tickets go on sale, schedule, things like that. Um, those have to be coming down the pipeline here pretty soon. Um, so not the excitement isn't over. The preseason excitement and the preseason hype is not over. It's actually really just beginning for Minnesota Aurora. Um, as they move closer to the kickstart of the season in May. So, um, but it all starts with, with the brand and the name, which I think they, they hit out of the park. Yeah. And I, just as a quick note, you had mentioned the, the store multiple times there. Uh, I hadn't seen the store. I just, I hadn't realized that it was open. So I just went and looked at it and uh, yeah, a lot of like the alternative, like, you know, they have the, uh, the word mark. There's like some versions of the badge where it's like the state of Minnesota, like all the different stuff they have here. The scarf I see looks really really good <laughs> yeah. like like astonishingly good so yeah. uh i i think they've definitely hit a, a home run here and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh start having a problem with uh too many cardboard boxes to uh recycle from all the stuff they're moving so <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah uh hopefully they're hopefully they're prepared for that because i have to imagine the influx of merch purchases is going to be uh fast yeah. and furious here um again mnaurora.com to learn more I'll direct you wherever you need to go if you want to learn about the newest soccer team in Minnesota, Minnesota Aurora FC. Cool stuff. All right, another big announcement today, Dom, at noon, actually, uh, two announcements right at the same time, was the USL League 2 schedule. Um, now, USL League 2 actually did this cool thing where if you had the app, the USL app, you could actually see the schedule an hour ahead of time, so that really helped uh, me manage my time there. Uh, but uh, I believe it's eight home or six home matches each for St. Croix and Minneapolis City. Six home, six road. So 12 total matches in the season um, going till basically mid-May to the end of um, July. So that's when the season's going to go. Um, Minneapolis City's home slate kicks off May 8th against Des Moines Menace. So we get that huge, huge derby right off the bat. Um, May 8th for Minneapolis City. And then St. Croix kicks off their season, kicks off their home slate um, at Stillwater High School, May 22nd against Peoria City. We tweeted the home schedules for both Minneapolis City and St. Croix. So if you want to head out to some matches this summer, um, go check those out, complete with times and dates and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, just another further indicator that summer soccer is right around the corner when we start getting these schedules. Um, and it's really cool to see. Um, you know, who will be able, you know, from a home standpoint, who will be able to see Minneapolis City and St. Croix taking on, um, you know, some marquee matchups there. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for to see specifically Minneapolis City, how they perform in that step up and to know that it's kicking off right off the bat against Des Moines on May 8th. I mean, that's crazy, but it's awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty perfect. Um perfect way to kick things off so early in, in the mm -hmm. season to have that as the home opener uh and and st croix unfortunately i think have a really tough uh setup with that and that they are des moines home opener <laughs> yeah i think that's gonna be a really rough one but you know that's what yeah. they signed up for that's the nature of of this level and and you know we'll see what happens but yeah that's a that'll be interesting and it looks like if i'm in if i'm taking this in right it looks like each Oh, all the teams in the conference will play one other team twice. Yep. So uh, that's that's fun that that it looks like St. Croix will have like an extra match against Minneapolis. So more more uh, geographically close 
matches that you can actually have maybe some travel and so on. So that's uh, that's fun. But yeah, uh, Minneapolis City, especially with their ambitious concept they're going with this year, where essentially one big team in multiple leagues, it's going to be really interesting to watch how it goes. And uh, obviously they have some stuff to defend in the NPSL and the UPSL, but uh, yeah, they're they're up against some big fish in the USO League too. So, yep. And uh, Minneapolis City and St. Croix actually play three times this year, Dom. Oh, three um, times. Okay. Twice in Stillwater, May twenty seventh right. and June seventh, and then once at Ador Nelson uh, on July fifteenth. Gotcha. So right. three chances for that sort of uh, Twin Cities Twin Cities Derby, if you want to call it. Um, and then St. Croix, in addition to going to Des Moines to kick off their season, they will host the Des Moines Menace on June 18th. So a couple more of those marquee matchups there. Um, another thing to note is actually Minneapolis City does like a uh, a Canadian road trip, basically, where they play Thunder Bay and FC Manitoba back-to-back, I believe, in a four-day stretch. So they don't have to go there, come back, go there, come back. Um, we've talked to Carl, or, excuse me, Connor Kaloya, uh, from Forward Madison about the visa issues that they had getting players into Canada um, who, who are maybe coming internationally and things like that. Um, so the fact that they only really have to make the trip across the border one one time each uh, instead of going back and forth, I'm sure was purposeful, uh, but also you know obviously helps out a lot. We're talking about the the budget and the costs that come with this move up for Minneapolis City and St. Croix too. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, hopefully, it, you know, all of that works well, the the international travel aspect of the conference. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. That's obviously a, a, a challenge that is a big, big upgrade from the travel you're dealing with at the other levels. But, uh, but you know, yeah. Thunder Bay and, and Manitoba, a lot of those teams, uh, Winnipeg at one point had a, a team in this conference. Uh, they, that relationship's been there. So I'm sure that the the pathway will will be pretty straightforward. But uh yeah, it'd be interesting to to see. Uh, I imagine that would be Minneapolis's first time playing um, a foreign opposition. I, I as far as I think so. Yeah, and Saint Croix as well, obviously. But um, so it'll be interesting to to see them on that that stage. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Uh, another USL League Two note: Green Bay Voyagers. We had sort of speculated last week or, or discussed the speculation last week that um, you know there was something. Uh, brewing in Green Bay regarding the Voyagers and their status for 2022. That has been confirmed. Um, Connor Kaloya, um, you know, we already mentioned him. He is the COO of Forward Madison. He also holds the same role with Green Bay as Green Bay is sort of like a subsidiary of Forward Madison. Um, he had mentioned last week that Green Bay will be ceasing operations and will not play in 2022. Um, you know, that's that's not a good thing, obviously, for Green Bay and soccer in that area. Um, but running and owning a soccer team is, is not an easy venture. Um, we've seen plenty of teams and leagues even, uh, you know, um, come over financial hardships, especially from the pandemic and different things like that. So um, it's not easy, um, you know, to have, you know, not every team can be your Minneapolis city or your forward Madison or your Detroit city, you know, who really has success. It takes a lot of work, time and effort to make that happen. And even if you put in the work, time and effort, you need some things to fall your way luck wise as well. Um, and when that doesn't happen or when you face just too many challenges, um, sometimes you need to make the decision to, um, to to hang it up or at least suspend things. And that's what Green Bay is opting to do. So um, they will not play in 2022, will not be a part of USL League 2 
Um, but there will be women's soccer in Green Bay in 2022 in the USLW League, a little rivalry potentially for, for Minnesota Aurora. Uh, the Green Bay Glory are the women's soccer team. So if you're a fan of soccer in or around Green Bay, you are a Voyager supporter, um, I hope that you kind of take that passion and take that drive and take that focus and apply it towards uh, the other soccer team in your in your area and, and the Green Bay Glory um, as they look to kick off their USLW League season in May. But for the Voyagers, it's an unfortunate situation, but something that is not, un, you know, I wouldn't say it's common, but it's definitely not unheard of or unseen or uncommon um, in lower league soccer. Yeah, the financials behind uh, a, a lower league club, even if they have a connection to a professional club, it's just, it's uh, it's such an uphill battle. And we don't know all the details of, of, of why this step was taken, but I, you know, you can imagine that that challenge was, was the main reason. But, you know, the, as you were pointing out, the bright side of all this is folks living in that area do still have a lower league option uh, with the Green Blade uh, glory. So uh, hopefully they, they focus their attention on there and, and hopefully in the future, uh, Green Bay can can be re-represented uh, at the men's amateur level again. Yes, yeah, I, I definitely think that's a market where lower league soccer can thrive or soccer in general can thrive. Um, not that the Voyagers failed in any regard, but but sometimes the timing needs to be right, the luck needs to be right, you know, everything kind of needs to fall in place. Um, for the Voyagers, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But again, yeah, I, I fully expect in the coming years that they will give it another try on the men's side in Green Bay. All right. Um, staying in the lower league, well, I guess we're going to kind of bridge the gap between lower league and Minnesota United here with U.S. Open Cup talk. So 103 teams will be represented in the 2022 version of the Open Cup. Um, we've sort of had conversations, uh, you know, through Messenger and stuff, Dom, speculating, well, is the Cup even going to happen this summer and things like that. Um, I think my vantage point is that they are going to move forward with it, come hell or high water. Um, I think the expectation now whether this expectation is right or wrong depending on future variants and things like that i think the expectation is that um, as we get into summer similar to last summer you know we get kind of out of the house outside um in environments where the um you know the virus is maybe less transmissible uh you know less contagious um, that those cases and those hospital numbers uh and those you know uh, deaths hopefully uh will start to go down as we get to the summer. So I think with that anticipation of that and the expectation of that, um, now that we have the data of multiple years of this, unfortunately, to go off of, um, I think that they will move forward with the uh, with the USOC no matter what this year, especially after two years of not having the tournament. Now, there's an interesting wrinkle here, Dom, though, and in, in yeah. the not necessarily in the will they or won't, won't they vein, but who is who is participating and how that affects their um, their ability to participate in their own league. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but NISA is having a few issues with their teams, uh, specifically New Amsterdam FC, where New Amsterdam actually is not participating in the U.S. Open Cup. And per, I think it's USSF standards, if you're a professional team, you have to participate in the Open Cup. And if you don't participate in the Open Cup, you can't participate in your own league. Um, teams like there are two others. Chicago House is one of them, um, and, and I can't remember who they are. I think, yeah, Stumptown. They are already kind of said we're going to suspend operations for 2022. We won't be competing yeah. in these, and we'll be competing in the Open Cup. But New Amsterdam, I, I don't want to speculate here, but from what I've seen, they're kind of trying to play both sides of this. 
Um, yeah. Not compete in the Open Cup, but still be a part of NISA. And there seems to be some confliction between those two. Not Minnesota soccer related at all, but it is kind of Minnesota soccer related, Dom, because uh, if you follow Open Cup on uh, on Twitter, not the official Open Cup account, but the account that actually um, really does a good job of covering this tournament, yeah. they had mentioned that um, in order for New Amsterdam to sort of get a uh, get a free pass or get in after the deadline they would have to remove one of the fourth division clubs who has already been promised a spot. And of course that opens the floodgates of like, well, Minneapolis city is going to get screwed again and not compete in the open. <laughs> uh, but it's just very interesting. I kind of like the drama. I'm not going to lie of this, even though it's kind of unfortunate in some capacities, I do kind of enjoy the drama, uh, but we do have Minnesota United as of now, Minnesota United Ford Madison and Minneapolis city all in the field for the 2022 open cup, which is, it's cool to see all three of those teams and hopefully we get the tournament as scheduled and we kind of get to have all three of those teams, um, you know, compete for a chance to, to advance and move on and, and see how far they can go and, and see how they can perform in an environment. Yeah. Uh, a, a quick note on the new Amsterdam situation. There's, there's a lot of uh, criticism about that, that club, regardless of this situation, even for, for years now. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I think there's probably, <laughs> More oh drama. yeah, that's the club where the owner put himself a goalkeeper, right? Mult- multiple times, and he's not an like he's not a professional athlete, uh, <laughs> but he actually has played like Nisa matches, or I think he played maybe it was Independent Cup. But the point being, he played like proper minutes as a goalkeeper for them. But he's not a professional athlete, and and they lost pretty badly the match he appeared, I believe. Um, yeah, so you know who who knows what's going on there. Um, I guess I guess my other note that would be like you know the whole point of this is and this is a rule pretty much across the world is if you're a professional club you're expected to to play in these tournaments. So, uh, but uh, yeah, to to the the main point which is the Minneapolis City point. Yeah, I hope uh, you know obviously there's been a lot of jokes sometimes made by them about the fact that they haven't been able to participate in the uh, tournament proper. So far, they've they've played qualifying matches, but they haven't played in the the sort of official Open Cup. Uh, and a lot of those jokes have been fun, but uh, at, at a certain point, it's like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> this team yeah. should probably actually play in the Open Cup. Yeah. And uh, as someone who's got to see uh, their local team, uh, meaning Duluth FC, play in the Open Cup a couple times, uh, and have that happen here in the in the city. Uh, they deserve to have that down in Minneapolis. And I, I hope that everything goes well. I, I guess there's a chance, obviously, their game will be on the road. But but even if it's a, a road trip situation, I, I certainly hope that that their fan base finally gets to have that because it's a great tournament. It's a very important tournament. So I'm very sad that it hasn't been able to happen in the last two years. It's understandable, but but still very sad. And uh, yeah, and to your first point about it probably is going to go ahead all the leads participating in are going to be playing this summer. So at a certain point, you got to kind of just hope yeah. that everything works out. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, there's not a ton of amateur teams participating this, this time around. Uh, we'll see who Minneapolis city play. I imagine it'll be an amateur team for us, maybe a Des Moines or a Chicago United. Um, and, and hopefully they manage to make a run, maybe get a game against a professional team. It was really cool to have St. Louis FC, which sadly does not exist anymore. Uh, up here, uh, back what whatever that was 20, 2018. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's just a fun experience to see guys you know that are not professional athletes uh, at the time 
see them match up against pro teams. And every now and then you get an upset. It's the matchup of the cup and so on. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, it, it'll be really great to see that happen. And maybe we'll even get to see them play a, a pro team like a, a Madison or a Nebraska or a United or Chicago Fire, or one of those teams. So we'll see. We were we were supposed to get, I mean, theoretically, uh, Minneapolis City had to win one match. But in 2020, we were we would have theoretically gotten in the second round Minneapolis City and Ford Madison, which had been cool. Yeah. We got that in a friendly last year, but not, you know, not necessarily the same. Um, what about Minneapolis City and Minnesota United? Now that would be intriguing to say the least. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of crossover in support. While the teams are kind of two polar opposites, there are there is a, a decent amount of crossover in support for both clubs. So it would kind of draw the line in the sand to see where people's uh, associations really lie. Uh, but <laughs> in all seriousness, um, you know, that, that would be cool for, uh, for Minneapolis city to get that opportunity to play the club across the river, uh, sort of make it up yeah. Minneapolis. I think they've kind of tried to solidify themselves as Minneapolis's club while Minnesota United is more St. Paul's club. Uh, so that would kind of be a cool, uh, maybe, uh, uh Minneapolis versus St. Paul thing there. But, um, anyways, just all, all kind of reckless speculation there. Uh, Des Moines Menace, the aforementioned Des Moines Menace also in the field, uh, Union Omaha and league one Chicago FC United, um, and the Chicago Fire, all other nearby sort of Midwestern clubs that are um, in the 2022 Open Cup. Um, yeah, this I mean, I, I saw the map and I think you tweeted this down that there's a good amount of regional representation across the map this time around. Right. Um, so, yeah. cool. I mean, California just has a ton of teams in general, so they're always going to have a ton of teams in the right. Open Cup. Uh, but it, it really is kind of a well well spread out field this year, 103 teams. So it seems like a real kind of like a proper American domestic cup, you know, when you have that yeah. many teams vying for a trophy. So um, we'll be interesting to see, um, you know, as we get closer, kind of what the field looks like, who's going to be playing who, if Minneapolis city is able to be at home or maybe at least be somewhat nearby regionally, or people can go, you know, easily go, go check them out in the open cup. Um, I'm sure that'll be kind of a momentous, uh, occasion for them but uh, more to come on the 2022 open cup and that of course leads us in to our minnesota united a uh, couple minnesota united topics here um, and i want to start off by giving you sort of a preliminary i told you so opportunity here dom because uh your boy abu denladi scored three goals in a friendly well reportedly scored three goals in a friendly yeah. just a few days ago Per Adrian Heath, they were playing a college team. They didn't specify which college team they played. Uh, but uh, that's kind of two scrimmage matches they played where he has scored and he's got multiple goals. So he looks to be in, in, in decent to good form. Again, I don't think necessarily this needs to be classified as some sort of representation of how he's going to perform in the season. But at the very least, he's seeing the ball go in the net, which is, I mean, to use a basketball term, he's seeing the ball go in the net, which can, you know, is always a good thing, can only be a good thing. Uh, moving forward as we sort of get into these legitimate preseason matches ahead of the season here starting in about a month yeah and yeah like like you're saying obviously mls teams usually start the preseason with a match or two against college teams and, and those matches are not necessarily reflective of how things will go and and often the people who are playing for mls teams and those matches are not uh going to be the the starting 11 but at the same time it's good to see everyone is you know able to play clinical soccer and 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 get get goals and and get results um yeah i i don't necessarily know how much this reflects uh 
Abu Dinladi's potential. I, I did also see there was a positive remark. I want to say it was from Brent Coleman uh, that that like Minnesota United just put out a bunch of different blurbs from like uh, training. It might it might have been reported by by Andy maybe, but uh, anyway, that he was saying that uh, you know he was really impressed by by Dinladi obviously returning after a couple of years apart, and and he looked really fresh, looked really fast. Uh, so you know, I mean, those are all good things for for a player that I that I'm pretty excited about and. Uh, I'm sure, you know, now that he's gotten, what, four goals against these two college teams, I'm sure he's going to win the Golden Boot this year. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really good stuff from, uh, from, from our favorite uh, first, uh, first draft pick. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I like to see the team finding their flow on the pitch, and, and I imagine that some more difficult friendlies will be coming up in the next week or two. That might give us a little more of an indication of, players that we can expect to see minutes and 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 uh you know maybe maybe we'll start to hear a little bit of formational or tactical news along the way that will be more indicative of what 2022 is going to look like there that first uh you know legitimate preseason match against mls competition is saturday at noon against the chicago fire um not streamed by minnesota i mean what else is new uh, from what I can see, um, will be streamed via the Chicago Fire, but you're going to have to fire up your VPN because uh, <laughs> it's only available to those within 75 miles of Soldier Field in Chicago. Oh, there you so go. you can't watch if you're a Minnesota United fan unless you live in Chicago or you have a VPN. So um, yeah, just, just something to keep in mind there. Or um, if you want to drive to a coffee shop next to Soldier Field. There you go. If you want to make the trip, by all means. Yeah, get within, just get within that 75-mile radius. Stop at yeah. a rest stop within 75 miles. <laughs> uh, and uh, and watch, the, watch the match there. Or just go to a VPN. Okay. Uh, so, um, other other Minnesota United news. Um, you know, fans, supporters were, uh, I think, uh, majority maybe disappointed, maybe relieved that the saga is over. Uh, but Thomas Chacon... Uh, Minnesota United has exercised their buyout of, of Thomas Chacon. So they bought out the rest of his contract. Um, and so Thomas Chacon is officially, uh, I don't know if you want to call him a free agent, but he is, yeah. he is not tied to Minnesota United anymore. He's not on their books anymore. Um, so this weird sort of three-year or two-and-a-half-year um, stint of Thomas Chacon with Minnesota United um, is – I don't – mercifully over is that is that what we want to do what, what we want to call this at least this is heading this at least this is complete in one way or another unfortunately didn't end with him get you know really been being given a chance to get minutes but he is now free to you know go and and, and play somewhere else so at the very least we hit we get some sort of conclusion to this yeah i suppose the the, the silver lining of all this is is one that you know he gets to just move on to whatever comes next for him and not so much worry about this strange mess of of uh i don't know if the club see it as drama but it's sort of in a vague sense drama of where is he going where is he playing why isn't he doing this way so he has to move on the club also i suppose get to move on uh and and free up the various aspects financially and internationally that uh that he took up for them uh and that perhaps helps with uh for further plans for this season, which I hear we're making two or three more signings. So uh, we might three. need yeah. two or three. Uh, it's a two or three year plan. Uh, so we're, you know, this, I imagine this move is kind of part of getting all that set up 
particularly again because he took an international spot. So you know, it, it is what it is. I I want to hold off you know criticism of him because I I simply do not know if he was going to be a good signing because I don't think we ever really got to develop a sense of that. Um, I I noted here and you know these numbers are based on online sometimes that doesn't count for like some minutes and extra time and all that so don't you know if the numbers aren't perfect i, I apologize but paid played under 300 minutes across two seasons zero goals zero assists in that time uh he never won a game that he played in for minnesota united he had one draw and five losses albeit several of those were substitution appearances so yeah mm-hmm. put put maybe less blame for those um yeah it it just it simply was a, a dismal <laughs> a dismal uh period that I don't know whose fault that is. Um, I probably is multiple people's fault, but I, you know, I've talked before about, I've been very critical about some of the transfer tactics that, that the club has sometimes utilized. And unfortunately, I think they've gotten a lot better about that over the last like two years. Unfortunately, I think Tomas Chacon is like a giant stop sign in regard to um, the idea that that's over uh, and, yeah. and that that's something we don't have to worry about anymore. Because the amount of hype and and also actual like financial and and roster investment made into this was huge. He was supposed to be the future of the team, and he essentially barely ever appeared for us. Uh, the announcement that, was, I think, they put more marketing effort into his announcement, I think, than any other player yeah. I can remember from Minnesota United. They have they had like the head on a stick things. Yeah, like, and there was like a video thousand of those. Yeah, and the whole halftime at the Open Cup match and the press conference and just all of that. There was so much hype, and then it was just absolutely nothing after that. It's just so strange. Yeah, it's 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 truly an odd one. Um, And all of that indicates to me that they probably thought there was something that that was going to happen that didn't happen. So, you know, anyway. Not to not to repeat the point, but it's uh a, I think probably a painful lesson that the team needs to learn from about uh, future endeavors. But yeah, hopefully he you know he's been doing all right in Uruguay, and hopefully he continues to uh, to to do what he's doing down there or or another country for that matter. Uh, and he's very young; he's still got a lot of time to grow. But it looks like the uh, Minnesota and maybe even the MLS element of that journey is over. This got a little bit buried, Dom, but I'm going to take a little bit of a diversion here. Um, a former Minnesota United super draft pick now has been signed by forward Madison. So the Minnesota United forward Madison connection still is, remains. Um, Mitch Osmond, oh, center okay. back, is picked yeah. in the 2019 super draft by Minnesota. He um, he has he had multiple really good seasons in the USL Championship. Um, so another USL championship, um, you know, successful USL championship caliber player coming to Madison in USL League One. And again, there's that Minnesota United connection too. Um, Ford Madison desperately needed a center back. Um, and now they have one, um, a really, really good one in, in Osmond. So um, a, a good signing by them. But also, again, the, the tie-in to Minnesota. It's just there's so much Minnesota tie-ins happening today in the soccer world it's crazy and almost impossible to keep track of so sorry for just kind of throwing this in in the middle of our conversation but i thought that was very interesting yeah no i mean that's um i vaguely do remember him the name sounds familiar um and hopefully that uh this uh you know is a way for him to continue his journey in the usl system 
and and develop. You know, this has happened before where you'll have uh, I'm mostly thinking through Minnesota United, but you'll have draft picks that don't quite get the cut, and then they have pretty solid USL uh, careers. You know, I, I remember Minnesota. It might have been 2019 as well. Um, picked up um, Xavier Gomez. I remember because yeah. he, he played some friendlies, and, and you know there was a potential that he wasn't going to stay with the team. Didn't end up staying with the team, and then he had two really good League One seasons with Lansing and uh, Omaha. And uh, you know, so uh, there's guys that that get over the cusp into the draft. Maybe they're a second or third round pick. Uh, they don't quite do well enough in the preseason they don't get the contract but they can still obviously be professionals and that's that's the whole point of having a a developed pyramid so yeah best of luck to to him and at madison yeah really really uh cool tie in there um speaking of both minnesota united and forward madison they will both play sc paderborn 07 of the bundesliga 2 um minnesota will host them in allianz for an international friendly on june 11th at 7 p.m this is actually the third friendly between the loons and a german club since joining mls um they were supposed to play fc augsburg uh in 2020 that's been canceled that would be really nice if they could reschedule that now with ricardo pepe but uh <laughs> uh the club statement said, quote, season ticket members, members of the preserve and newsletter subscribers will have access to pre-sales for this international friendly. Uh, the access will happen in early February before tickets are made available to the general public. And now after the Minnesota United match, Paderborn will then go to Madison and play the Mingos on June 15th. Um, so uh, those international friendlies are always cool. You get to see players who don't normally take the pitch. I'm sure there'll be a lot of M and UFC two talent that's featured in this one as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool opportunity and it's also cool to just welcome in international clubs. I went to the Aston Villa friendly a few years ago, a couple of years ago at, at Allianz field and to see where Aston Villa is now in the, in the premier league. I mean, they were, they were in that transitionary period. They just got promoted from the championship to the right. premier league, um, re-promoted, I guess, from the championship to the premier league when that happened. So to see where they are, you know, one of the perennial top eight teams now in the premier league, um, really cool. So it gives you an opportunity to see teams, but all, you know, maybe even potential players um, on the international side who could make huge, huge impacts in the worldwide game. Um, you know, in in the years to come. So um, yeah, those are always those are always really cool and an opportunity maybe to you know sit in a different spot in the sa- stadium if you're a supporter, actually be able to sit down and take in a game for once. Um, I know that happened between uh, a, a few people said so they actually got to sit in some of the other seats for international friendlies, and that was kind of a nice change of pace. So. Um, yeah, this an, an, another cool thing, and I'm glad that they're making it efficient and playing both Minnesota United and and Forward Madison in a four day period. Yeah, absolutely, and I actually believe a similar plan was going to be in place for that Augsburg uh, friendly. I think they were going to play Madison as well, but obviously COVID uh, stopped that. But uh, yeah, you know these are these are great opportunities for a sort of cross pollination on, on both on the actual club side, but also on the the people the the supporter side to 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 interact to learn more um there's been uh, an increase in in european focus with the friendlies which has been interesting to see the first couple that the club did when joining mls were mostly uh from latin american leagues they played uh, At- atlas from mexico they played uh Saprisa from costa rica and i think they played pachuca the same year they played aston villa yep um, agreed yep Yep. So you know they they they've made a little bit of a transition now more to a focus on 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 European clubs it seems like but uh but that's also great because that's more exposure and I mean Aston Villa yeah ended up obviously having a very strong return to the Premier League so that's obviously very cool for everyone that got to see them 
uh, without having to fly to the other side of the planet. Um, so yeah, no, it's great. And and the thing that actually that thing that stands out most for me on the Madison side of this is that it's really great that. Uh, and I've thought about this before with you know other other teams. I remember thinking about this way back in the day when Detroit City had not uh, before they joined NISA, and they were doing a lot of different friendlies with different teams, uh, even when they were in the NPSL. It's really cool that the people that live you know in in this case in, in these cities in states that both to this day do not have an MLS team. Uh, or, or even a well now Michigan has a USL championship team, but for most of the time they didn't. Uh, it's great that the people that live in these places are getting to be exposed to pretty high levels uh, of soccer, but also just from soccer from just different places. They're getting exposed yep. to these concepts of of German football, of English football, of Mexican football, of you know, uh, Costa Rican football, all these different countries, Canadian football, um, and that uh, that that exposure I think is really good for a game that's so about uh, the world about being global, uh, and it's it's just a really cool opportunity. Because otherwise, you know, the fact is the realities of of uh, this country is if you live in a small town near Madison in Wisconsin, you're never going to see any of this stuff. That's never going to happen. I mean, when would you ever have the chance to even see anything close to this other than on your TV screen? So it's great. It's a great way to remind people that that soccer isn't a TV show. It's real stuff you see on TV is real people, and they can come and they can play in front of you. And you learn from them. So, yeah, really cool that uh, Paderborn's coming by. And maybe they'll get the Aston Villa luck. And by the time that we play them, they'll have been promoted back up to the uh, Bundesliga. And they'll become one of the powers of the Bundesliga. Absolutely. They're going to dismantle Bayern Munich single-handedly. It's all going to be Minnesota's fault. So Minnesota's like the good luck Chuck for European soccer teams. You know, you just got to... You just got to come to Allianz, and then uh, after that, you'll you'll uh, you'll wreck shop. There was a little bit of delay, but Atlas uh, last season won the league in Mexico for the first time in like fifty years. So all I'm go. saying, all I'm saying is Minnesota United, big conduit of success, not for us, not for us, yeah, for other people. Come on now, be near us, be near yeah. us, and you're gonna get a lot. So good exactly. stuff. Uh, one more thing on these international friendlies. It's also they, you know, there's always also a pretty decent uh, supporter contingent from those uh, from those clubs that that come out for these games, and it's cool to just again get exposed to another supporters' culture, um, supporters' environment, the way they go about things. I mean, for the Aston Villa one, obviously there wasn't as much of a language barrier as there might be with this one, but you know there was a lot of um, you know uh, mingling between the supporters' groups and things like that. So. Um, and it's it's a it's a non-competitive environment really too. So it's not like uh, you know the supporters groups are sort of throwing down or you know there's a this no, sense no. of tension or intensity or whatever. Like it really is sort of like a a community environment among the supporters for both squads and these type of international sure. friends. So um, yeah, just another thing I wanted to throw in there. It was just well, on that note, real quick. On that note, this isn't necessarily Minnesota United, but it's just it's just more. I thought this was cool. Last night I saw Inter Miami played. Uh, 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 Universitario uh, from Peru in a friendly. Uh, I guess a preseason friendly, but anyways, they played them. And uh, and uh, there's a pretty solid, you know, Peruvian support for, from that club in that general part of the country. And uh, and Phil Neville was, in his press conference afterwards was talking about, like, I think I'm a fan of this club now because, like, yep. I've got that to happened. see these supporters that I would have never known about, particularly being from England, would have never known about and here I am, and like I think I'm going to keep tabs on the Peruvian elite this year, just to see how they do. Like, 
that's a, that's obviously a very narrow story, but that that kind of experience where you have people exposed to things that they just otherwise it's not their fault, but they just would have never even thought of paying attention to it. Uh, yeah. That's that's the great great end of yeah. I'm sure there's there's a lot of people that watch the Bundesliga in 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 the upper Midwest and perhaps even people actually from the Paderborn area. Um, so yeah, really great that there's going to be just more of that exposure, more of that uh, community building. I mean, that happened with Aston Villa. I mean, I can't remember. I, I I lost track of how many people I talked to after the Aston Villa match. I said, yeah, this is, you know, I didn't have a Premier League club before this, but this might be my Premier League club. And it was a good time to get in. You got it on the ground floor and now it's paying dividends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, always, always cool. Always cool to, to have those international friendlies. Um, all right. I mean, that's really, I mean, Dom, anything else on the list here? Am I, is this it? Um, gosh. Well, uh, this isn't really a news story, but I did see this the other day. So I'll do a quick shout out because I've been giving them shout outs throughout. Um, uh, we talked about this like months ago when it was there was a, a pre-order sale of a sweater that the Dark Clouds and uh, a company that's actually based up in, uh, in uh, well, not in Duluth. I think they're based in Cloquet, but uh, Heartberry. It's a, a native owned design merch company. Uh, they did this sweater and the proceeds were going to go to benefiting, combating uh, uh, abuse, uh, domestic abuse and trafficking, particularly of Native women. Uh, they, I think they, they put, made a post. I think they've put what they have left of that or extra that they ordered on their store now. Um, that is just like a normal order, not like pre-order and all that. So uh, go and, I don't know, check that out or check out the other stuff they have there. But maybe check that out just because it's a, it's a very nice looking sweater. And also comes from a, a a good place from a humanity side. So uh, for sure, yeah, check check all that out. All right, before we go, want to give a shout out to our friends over at Stimulus Athletic, uh, Jason, Christine, and the team at Stimulus. They've been so great to us, so awesome to us, um, and they really do a great job of helping uh, clubs and teams outfit their clubs and do it in a way. That's, uh, I guess, financially responsible, but also gives them a chance to, uh, you know, monetarily um, uh, capitalize on the uh, great kits and the great merch that they put out. I mean, you can have, you know, this this stuff created not just kits, but off the field apparel, um, you know, back, you know, the backpacks for your club, uh, sweatshirts, zip ups, quarter zips, whatever it is. You can have all this created, and you can, you know, have your your club wear it. But then you can also sell it to the people who are in the in your club's community, your supporters, the the families, the just the overall community around your club. You know, um, really gives you a chance to support yourself, but allow your community to support you too. Um, you know, the American Outlaws, numerous American Outlaws chapters across the U.S. have utilized stimulus, including the American Outlaws, like like the main American outlaws, the national sort of over, over, overhanging, uh, chapter the nationwide chapter american outlaws i guess um have utilized uh stimulus athletic for merch um really cool uh american inspired kits and things like that um you have the anguilla national team we've talked about minneapolis city does it um so go check them out stimulusathletic.com they're local they're minneapolis based so if you want to support a local company who can help support you uh, definitely check out stimulusathletic.com. Click that get started button and get that process started with stimulus today. It's not just creating the kits, but it's also they have a design team as well. So if you don't have a design already in mind, if you're not a designer, you don't have a design from last year that you just want to reapply, you're kind of starting from scratch, stimulus can help you with the design process too. So stimulusathletic.com, click that get started button. Make sure you know that the team from 10K sent you there. All right, Dom, any parting thoughts? Um, go watch AFCON because it's really great. 
yep. and older games are really fun. It's in the knockout stages right now. If you, it's uh, if you're in the U.S., which I imagine most of our listeners are, uh, it's on the the BN Sports platform. So there's various ways you can get that, but uh, try and check it out if you can. It's been really fun, really great tournament. Uh, yeah, support local soccer, and uh, I'm gonna enjoy this a lot now. Hey, you do that. Support local soccer. I will. Uh, I will amplify that message for sure. Um, go support Minnesota Aurora, Minneapolis City, St. Croix, uh, all the great local teams and leagues um, that are located right here in the great state of Minnesota and in the Twin Cities area. All right, guys. I'm Jeremy. He's Dom. This has been 10K. We'll catch you again next week. See you later.